Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening. We are going to have a very, very serious conversation tonight. We're going to talk about, well, it's real talk. We're going to talk about why do people believe that being pro-black means that you're anti-white? This is a misconception that being pro-black means you're anti-white. But on the contrary, pro means that you are for, in favor of, on behalf of, or supporting. In this definition, it doesn't say anything about being against anyone or anything else. Society wants us to believe that taking a pro-black position means that you must, you must, must be anti-white. That's like saying only black lives matter. All lives matter. We just want black lives to have the same or equal value as the white lives. At the end of the day, these teachings that you must pick a side isn't a display of love. It's more like perpetuation of hate. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. So we're talking about why why do people assume that pro-black is being anti-white? Yes. Maybe because most white groups are anti-black. Are that they could not? Be so. White supremacy, Ku Klux Klan, Republican yes, Klan. That is, <laughs> um, that is, that is safe, yeah. safe to assume. But that's not what it. That's not what it means. I understand that that's not what it means, but um, the assumption behind it is maybe because maybe it's perceived that way because the the white groups that form for each other are usually against all others, not just anti-black, um, anti-Asian, anti-Hispanic, um, so forth and so on. So. Um, maybe the assumption behind being pro-black um, takes on that same, you know, they, when they see pro-black, they see that same or assume that um, those same characteristics exist. 
I understand that the, you know, that it doesn't, you know, we can be pro-black for blacks and supportive of other blacks and still not perpetuate hate um, or division amongst others um, and still display love. I think that it's important to remember um, that we as, as blacks um, have come, you know, a very long way. In, in this country And so it's imperative That we support each other To make sure that we thrive In such a way um, That we change The Perception of who we are Or of who they think we are Or of what they see on TV um, You know So I am for Being pro-black um, And at the same time uh, I'm not anti-white or anti-any other nationality or culture. I agree. I don't. I don't believe in. I mean, anti. It just. It just gives a negative tone. Like that's 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 hate. You know. Um, I'm one that is always is. It's not an anti-war. It's a peace route. You know what I mean? It's not a um, an anti-movement versus a pro-movement. You know what I mean? Like, if we are so quick to 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 take a have to take a side, take a choice, and when you, when you choose a side, you oftentimes it's more like a, a, a who's better or what's best versus everybody being great in their own. You know, I'm just focusing on this specific side because this specific side needs the most attention and two, resembles me. You know what I mean? I think part of the problem is is that <laughs> you, you got to look at the condition of the world in which we live in. There's always a side to be taken. Um, so society, people make us choose a side because there's so much division um, that's already created amongst us. It's you can't be um, pro-black and and love everybody else. They, it's when when I say they, I say the government. I say the the white supremacists. I say, you know, all of those who don't understand what love is. They don't think that you can be for one and still for the other um, or still supportive of the other. They make you choose sides. You know, you think about, and I'm not trying to go off topic, but you think about the, the presidency now. You think about the Republicans and the Democrats, you know. Um, you, you can't be one and like what the others have to say as well. You see what I mean? Um, you know, so I think that 
because of the world in which we live in, it's almost as if we're forced to choose a side. Mm. Yeah, uh, and 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 it's and it's very much so. So, how do you go about staying on the straight and narrow, and just focusing on what it is that you're trying to focus on? Which is the pro side, whatever you, whatever you pro, you're pro of. Um, honestly, for me, it's, it's getting back to my roots and how I was brought up. You treat everybody um, how you want to be treated, or you know, not how they want to be treated. Because quite honestly, some people like to be treated like assholes because that's just what they are. Let's just be real. Um, but you treat everybody how you want to be treated with, you know, kind, you know, courtesy, respect, and until you have to do, until you're forced to do otherwise. You see what I'm saying? So it's one of those things that where I can go out to a black-owned restaurant and support my black businesses and tip my black waitresses and, you know, give encouraging words and, that has absolutely nothing to do with how I would appear um, at a white-owned restaurant because I do the same thing. However, because it's not something that's often done amongst us black people, sisters and brothers, we don't lift each other up, and we talk about this all the time, um, I tend to want to do it more when I'm in our Black-owned businesses, when I'm in our, you know, being serviced by um, a Black waitress or being greeted by a Black hostess. Um, I think we should, we have to do more lifting each other up because it's not, that's not something we typically do. Um, And again, that has absolutely nothing to do with how I address anyone else of, of another culture. It's it's simply when I see somebody who looks like me, who is doing um, what I would do, or who is doing with doing what my grandma taught me to do, um, I applaud that. You know, because I think that over the years the expectations of us have have been dropped. And um, we don't expect us to rise up. We don't expect us to embrace each other. And so I think it's important that when we have instances where we can be pro-black, we should do it. I mean, so I, this, I've always this, been a pro- Go ahead. I'm sorry, not to cut you off. So is this? do you take this position because of what you saw? Training or like I would like to say, programming or conditioning from your grandmother. So, you know, what what you can identify with that's your position. Taking a position in what being programmed. Like- like you were saying, like when you see when you go out to a restaurant and, and you see uh, a black waitress and she's doing her thing, and you you tip her, you know, accordingly, you know, 
Um, she's very hospitable. She treats you like royalty. She's smiling. You know, she's on her job. And you tip her. Well, I thought you, I, I thought you asked you the question st- of how do we. Well, I th- right, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm misunderstood. You were saying that be, because, of, you know, how you saw, you know, your grandmother. You know what I mean? So is it because, I'm asking, is it because of where you're conditioned or what you saw so you can relate and that's how you maneuver? It's just how I raised. It was the, it was the kind of grandma, it was the, the kind of woman that my grandma was. See, my grandma didn't see color. You know, she she saw people. She saw humanity. And mm-hmm. um, the the one thing about her was she loved everyone. Um, from from every background, truth be told, and so just growing up in a household where there was no division, it, you know, you can call it conditioning. It, it's a, I guess a part of raising, or it's a part of who I am. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm sorry. No, I'm listening. I will just uh-huh. okay. I don't immediately treat people, I treat people with respect until they show me that they are not worthy of that. Um, and then obviously I treat them however they need to be treated at that point. Um, but my growing up in a household with my grandma, she was a foster parent. She babysat, um, she worked from home. And when she did babysat, she she took in all kids. And when she became a foster parent, we had white brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, I guess, I guess at that point cousins. Um, but you know, we didn't we didn't see color. We, their names were what their names were, and that's what we called them. Um, they took a bath in the same bathtub we did. They ate at the same dinner table we did. So the, uh, there was nothing separating us. And outside of my grandma's doors, anything that went on outside of her household, that didn't matter because what I saw most of the time and what made an impact on who I am was inside her household. We weren't, we didn't have the ability to be influenced by these outside sources that um, exist now, such as social media. Um, we didn't have that. Um, so what we learned from her stuck. So it's a part of, you know, I guess conditioning as a child, but now it's just a part of who I am. Like, Absolutely. Dig that. We're going to take this time real quick to introduce another caller. Um, one, four, three, nine. Oh, what's up, man? This is uh, Shay. Shay, what's going on, my man? How are you? I'm good, brother. How are you? Very well, thank you. We're talking about why do people believe that being pro-black means you're anti-white? Man, uh, that can, you, you know, with me, that's a that's a change to the subject. You know, not to which because which is a total uh, topic for another discussion. Uh, but you know, at the same time, the same question can be asked. You know, those who um, marry outside of uh, pro-black are anti, uh, uh, those who marry outside of black are anti-black. You know, 
it's 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 a it's a uh, two way street, man. Um, I I do believe I'm a firm believer in what the young lady was discussing on. It's all about the household that you're raised in, and sometimes it can go, but one or two ways it can either go, and you you could be raised to, you know, like her grandmother was, you know, to love everyone, and you reciprocate what you were taught, or you can be raised to dislike the opposite race. And still, you know, end up being open to, um, you know, other races and loving everybody of color. I think it's all about your personal, your own experiences that you encounter in life, to be honest with you. Absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. Um, I went off, I was raised to essentially... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if it was if it was anti. It was more of a my grandmother was like, Don't bring nothing home white except for bread and I d I didn't know otherwise, right? Well, we're talking she's right now seventy plus years old. So the time that she was raised, that was the mentality. That was the that was the tone, right? So I go off to the military and school and and, and come back and my, my outlook is different. People are people. You know what I mean? As long as you do what you're supposed to do, as long as you respect me, you know, I'm good. So there's there's no, no anti. I'm not against you. I'm just loving me. Exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's crazy, man, because... Um, you know, you gotta, and you know, social media is a, a big platform now. There's a lot, there's a lot of websites that's about diversity and living on. Then there's a lot of blogs and a lot of pages that pro blacks and hate everything else. And you know, I'm cool. I'm not gonna say I'm cool either which way. The problem, the problem is, you know, well, I feel as far as us as a unity, I don't think we will ever be unified. And you know, you and I have had these conversations numerous times. You know, I think. Um, my personal opinion, you have, we are the only, you know, my, my, my only, what's the word I'm looking for, problem or issue with pro-black is we want to scream pro-black, but yet we're the only race that can stick together. Absolutely. Well, I can't, I don't know about what everybody else do. I just get an account for what I do. When it comes to to loving some people, you love people. I'm not trying to hate anybody or or anything. That's not even on my agenda. My agenda is just loving. You, you follow me? We know how to hate. We see what that has got. No but, doubt. But being being for you, being with you, supporting you, that's pro. I agree. I'm listening. So um, I think there's a fine line. Sorry. No, please. Go ahead. So it's just, I think society is, is teaching us, like, you know, like, like, like she's about to say it. I don't know what she's going to say, but that that fine line, right? To be pro, to be anti. You know what I mean? 
I'm my back personally is to the anti. It's all pro. I'm not even thinking about. I don't have time to hate. I have no time, no energy to hate. That's all I was about to say. Yeah, it's, a, it's a waste of time. But I'm curious to see what the young lady was going to say. The young woman, I'm sorry. I uh, I think that there's a fine line between when when you come to being pro and anti because, you know, people have a tendency to sort of kind of take things too far. Um, and then that's where lines get crossed. And that's where the anti comes in. It's kind of like we hear the thin line between love and hate. So it's a delicate balance. You want to be supportive and be pro-black and support each other and lift each other up. And then, um, and on on that same token, you don't want to bash anybody else um, of any other culture just because they're not what you are or just because history says you should. Because I think that, um, and for some reason I was having these thoughts last week, but when we go to look at history, everyone looks at history and see us blacks as slaves. No one talks about what we did as kings and queens um, and the uplifting things that we, that we done. Um, so when, because of that conditioning, society, I think, kind of, like I said earlier, makes us choose and become anti because of the history that they've taught us or that they've conditioned us to learning. Does that make sense? I mean, it makes perfect sense. Oh. I was actually just uh, perfectly uh, reading something on how, you know, and these are scholars, white scholars that um, were just were saying how it was an agenda and there were seven steps they, that, they, that uh, they did back in the day to make sure that they wiped as much of our history uh, and, what we've, and what we've done as, as, as possible. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the reason why, you know, it's bad that everything has gone digital because now they can go in and, and edit it to their liking. Right. And and it's kind of crazy because I kind of, you know, I was kind of on, you know, in my thoughts I was kind of on the fence as whether, you know, do I embrace slavery and make it matter to who I am now, do I mean, do I take this depressed, oppressed time and make it a part of who I am and have that be a reason why I, you know, I drive so hard or I go so hard to be, you know, something or someone successful? Um, Or do I say what happened then was then? You know, slavery and, and those, that negative energy doesn't impact and it hasn't shaped who I am right now because what I saw in my upbringing was on the opposite side of the spectrum. I didn't see hate. I didn't witness hate. I saw love. And so it's kind of one of those things where I find myself trying to understand not only where I fit, but understand, like, and, and try to, you know, just... I guess prepare for 
people to have opinions if I were to say, you know, that that doesn't matter to me. You know, those aren't my ancestors. You have to understand where we come from. But, you know, what if I were to say that those weren't my ancestors? So not to interrupt you, can I ask you a question? Because I, I hear you touch on, you know, the house, your home, that you know, that was love. And that's awesome. But my my question to that is, Outside of home, did you, you know, were you were you raised in a, because you, I had love in the home, but if you don't, my, my question to you is, what did you experience outside of the home, you know, especially being a black woman? In, in my younger years, I, I, I've been a victim of, of racism of all sorts. Um, I grew up in an area where I, I lived, my community was, was full of black people and most of them, most of us were family, but I went to school with mostly white people. There were, you know, there were probably 300 people in my entire high school, and I graduated with just over 70 people, and, and probably 12 to 15 of us were black. So um, I had white friends, and I understood that I could call them on the phone because their parents didn't know what color I was on the phone. But I also understood that if we were to hang out, um, that we couldn't get caught by their parents because I, I, you know, we were, I guess they were very open and honest, and we knew what time we were living in. I even had friends where my cousins dated, and I had to call on three-way in order for him to be able to speak to her on the phone. Um, so I guess I, I lived in a time and I experienced hatred or dislike. Um, and I understood it clearly. Um, and I can tell you because of that, I personally made the decision not to date outside of my race because I wasn't going to put myself through that type of energy or that type of relationship um, at such a young age. Now, what's crazy, I could tell, and that's why I asked you that question, because this the statement that you were making and, and you're going to see where I'm going in a minute. I can tell that from a young age, you grew up amongst diversity, where a lot of us in quicker understand, and the only reason I can relate, because I, I got to experience that same diversity once I got to high school myself. But there's a lot of us, you know, I'm going to just use my, 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 myself as an example. Being born and raised in Detroit, Detroit is Detroit, D.C., certain areas, certain areas up north, are the complete opposite. There isn't any diversity. You know, it's, it's, it's predominantly all black. It's very segregated. Let's just be real. So you have a lot of us that come up in that community, and when they grow, and, and they're raised in that community, they grow up for black and raised for black because all they know is black, where mm-hmm. you have people like ourselves who are pro, maybe pro-black. I'm just pro-whatever. I'm pro I'm pro-everyone. Because I'm gonna keep it real, my wife's wife, um, <clears throat> who understand that there there's two sides of the story, and there's and there's love on both sides of the fence. But you can't judge those who never seen that other side of the fence, and because every time they saw that side of the fence, it was straight hate. I'll never forget when I got to college. It was you know I played football. So it was a, you know I went to a very diverse school, but a lot of my home, a lot of my friends went to all black schools, never went to school with white people ever before in their life. And when we got to college, it was straight culture shock. And that's something that always stuck with me. 
and it, and it made me realize, you know, and I think that's why I went down a different path with my kids and things of that nature, because you have to know how to, and this is something quick and I discuss all the time, you have to know how to move and talk in all environments, not just in our community. Because when you, when you scream that pro-black, I'm black, 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 yeah, that's cool. But if you don't know how to move in all areas and all races, you're not going to be able to expand. Well, just right. because you 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 chant you chanting that you're pro-black, once again, that doesn't mean that you're against anyone else. I'm just simply saying that I am for those that look like me, in whatever situation it may be. Now, you have some people who are streaming they're pro-black to the point where now the the government has a flag for that type of situation, and it's called. Black identity extremists. They try to, to to parallel you with with terrorists, essentially, because you're trying to 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 start a movement or continue the movement of being pro-black, as though you're anti anyone else. And I don't believe. Well, let's be, let's be, I don't let's be real. Let's be real quick. Any 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 black male or female that has that label. It's not because they're terrorists. It's because they're extremely smart, and the government sees what they can what they can unify, and therefore that is a threat. Mhm. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. I do agree. I just once again, why is it it's okay for for the clan to, to get together? Maybe because they're not that smart, but it's okay for them to get together. And, and, and burn crosses and, and, and ride horses and, and tear up sheets. But we can't even get together to have a conversation in a, in a, in a group, in an enclosed setting, without trying to be infiltrated to see what we're talking about. You know why, Clint? Because they know so I'm, I'm going to let you go, sweetie. They know so much about our history. And, and they always, that, that's, that's like the, 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 the biggest question of our lives or our universe. What? How we must have been so powerful and so unified that they've been able to wipe from the books that they are terrified of letting that ever, ever, ever happen again, and they will go by any means to make sure that it doesn't. That's very evident. Very evident. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. That's actually exactly what I was going to say. That's the same. I was going to say fear. Oh, oh, of course. Well, be mindful. Dude. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't bring slave hands. I mean, work hands over here. You brought doctors and engineers and architects. You brought exactly. You dig? So you can't. You you can't stop that. I I hate to say that's that's genetic, but because you know my background, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there and just kind of let it be what it is. You got you got you got that that in you. The spirit is in you. They can't take that from you. So uh-huh. that's where I believe the fear really, really lies. Because if we do come together, uh, I don't know. That's maybe that's the reason why they try to keep us from being able to buy weapons. And books they don't. They don't try to keep us. No, they do. They, well, what terrified. I'm saying is that keeps us. That keeps them with the upper hand, with the control. They're, they can shoot. 
they have the money. Now we built from one. You see what? Right. But but now, be mindful now. We we didn't go to war and y'all can do the do the research, I'm sure y'all had. We didn't go to war with weapons with, with, with guns in our days. We made weapons. We made weapons. I'm following. So what makes you think mm-hmm. that if 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 it hit the fan that we won't be able to defend ourselves? See, when you pull when you pull an AR, that's a big gun. You pull a handgun, a forty five, that's a big gun. But those weapons that you not expecting, that surprise factor would get you every time. These folk killing damn animals with, with, with rocks and darts and shit. Well to touch so on what you said just five minutes ago, that's genetics and that's just our superior strength. Agreed. Go to the elaborate. When you and and on top of that, that's no fear. When you're born, we all are conditions of our environment. We all adapt to our environment. If you and I were born in the jungle, and all we knew and we knew was the element of survival was having to kill this lion or how to hunt this tiger to survive. Guess what? We ain't got no gun. Our, our, whoever, whoever, if it's our grandmother, our ancestors are teaching us, we gonna know where to hit that line or or, or that ty- or whatever animal that is right in the right spot in the head, or shoot that arrow in the right direction in the right angle to put it right through its heart, because we don't know nothing else. Mhm. So you think with everything they're trying to do with the programming, I believe that that's what they're trying to get rid of or extract more than anything. A way for us to survive because it's, it's a proven fact that regardless of what you put us through, we persevere. Well, yeah, that's why the new agenda. Yeah, I agree. That's why the new agenda is trying to make the is turning to these young boys gay. <laughs> Preach, <laughs> right? That's the new agenda. Go ahead. Don't don't just stop right there. Come on, man. man but that, know, I but that's been I predicted too, though. But that's been predicted too, because remember, it's biblical that it's not even coming at us; it's coming at our kids. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why all the cartoons and and stuff that that we watch are now being re because they're digital. They're being redistributed with a twist. <laughs> no pun intended. Hey, man. Come on, dog. Skinny. Come on, man. Skinny jeans. I mean, just just being real. You know, you look at the entertainment industry. We, I'm just gonna use that as an example. And nothing against gay men. I got a lot of gay men in my family. But back in the 70s, 60s, and 80s, couldn't no gay man dress a straight man. It wasn't no. No, it wasn't an option. It wasn't an option. Now the only cat that wore a blouse was Prince, and the only reason he got away with it because he had hundreds of women around him. Look at the group, the Migos. Look at all these rappers. They were they they pants so tight. They probably got man. Don't get me started. And that's all by design. It is. It is. Even even with 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 our our athletes. So it's it's the entertainment industry period. But even with the, our athletes, 
when they walking through the tunnel, they got capris and and and, and tight Come pants on, on with sequins and, and rhinestones. And our kids uh, are, pearls. you know, looking pearls. up to these kids. I get it. I get it. Chokers and stuff. And our kids are looking up to these to these guys. That's the reason why I back to our original very first season of shows. It starts at home. It has to start at home. You cannot depend on society or, or academia or any place, anyone else or any place else to teach your kids who they are. Because let them tell it. <laughs> there are these, these gay guys from far. And that's where the issue, that's where the issue really lies. Because that's not who we are. Real quick, hold that thought. We'll go welcome caller one six seven seven to the line. Hello. Hello. Hey, we're talking Good about evening. why do people believe? Good evening. We're talking about why do people believe that being pro-black means you're anti-white? I, the, my best comment is uh, the world is changing, but my Bible teaches me we're supposed to love one another, black or white. Yeah, we know, but that's what the Bible says, but society tells us different. Society tells us that you can't be pro-black unless you're anti-white. Because, you know, we got to have a, a side of a best and competition. We kill each other off and and all that good stuff. Mm. Interesting. Right. Society is designed to keep us um, divided. Absolutely. True. I agree. So the, the, I think the biggest, the biggest thing we, we can, we can say as as as, as Miss Quick was saying earlier, there's a very fine line between between being pro-black and anti-white. I mean, a very very fine line, because it can be to the point where you're so extreme to where it's it's not only is it is 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 it you know you're pro but you're smearing at the same time the other side, when in actuality, pro doesn't mean against. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. They're just saying that you're in favor of or you're in support of. I would not fit into that group at all because I have had uh, some rank strangers that have been lifesavers in my career. Some of my best mentors were white. Didn't even know them. You never know where you're going to get a helping hand from. So we should be pro-mankind. Forget about pro-black, pro-white, all of that. Let's just love one another and help each other to be more successful. Okay. I dig that. Now, we, with that, that being 100%. said, what everybody talk about Black Lives Matter. Now, I believe personally that, that all lives matter. Yeah. My whole ploy is to make sure that 
black lives are equal or just the same value as white lives. Period. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying let's call it, keep it consistent. Everybody's lives matter the same. Because you're right. You never know where your blessing is going to come from. Be it a white guy, Indian guy, whoever. I've had white people help me before black people help me. That's just who God sent me. There's so, so much going on in our world today. There are people that will use their own kind to make a dollar bill. You're talking about pro pro black and gotta be anti white. What about the Russian or or the German that brings his own prostitutes to our country and uses them like trash? What do you call that? I call it a disgrace and I call it a shame. Well, that's no different. That's what than, I call you know, it. Our people, that's that's no different than our people still standing on the block, slinging dope. No different. That is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. And that's no now. That's also no different than our ancestors marrying before their spouses were legal. Yeah. Yeah. All that kind of fall in the, in the in the same category. I believe before we worry about the pro or the anti, each one of us should sweep around our own front door. Maybe if we spend six Amen. months minding our own business and the other six months of the year leaving other folks' business alone, we'll be better off. You know what? Let's 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 discuss the the elephant in the room, or maybe I think the elephant in the room. And maybe because I was raised by older generations, I kind of foreseen this. When Obama got in office, that 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 uh, hate was hidden for so was hidden for eight years strong. But they was mad. They were mad, and not and that's how Trump got in office. The 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 other, not not us. And I think my opinion, there's so much hate now. That you know, uh, forty-five has has spewed. It, 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 there's so much hate, and, and then and and it's also being pro and, and they're also programming and conditioning not not us but white people for it to be upset accepted. I mean, come on, y'all. We we all grew up before the '60s. Then one only in the '60s were black men getting murdered like we're getting murdered now. It wasn't as bad in the '70s and the '80s or the '90s. After Obama mm-hmm. got out of office, they started. Even when he was in, once Trayvon Martin went down, went, went down, they've been killing us at an alarming rate to the point to where you see it now, and it's like, oh, okay, that we gonna post and be mad about it on Facebook for about a week, and then we move on. Hold that thought before you respond. We're gonna introduce caller four six four four to the line. Hello. What's going on, fellas? How are you? I'm doing fine. Our topic tonight is why do 
people believe that being pro-black means that you're anti-white? Well, why do they believe when you're a white nationalist that you're anti-black? Same question. Okay. So, someone made that point earlier. Absolutely. I voted for Donald Trump, by the way. And I am African American. Good for you. So I don't think that uh, him becoming president has done anything <laughs> on people's thoughts. And I can say that because, you know, the line of work business I was in, 90 some hot percent of my employees, when I put up buildings and bridges, was white. And uh, they worked their butt off in order to get the job done. So my experience is not like I guess somebody else either either uh, read, hear, or maybe they experience it themselves. You know, everybody don't experience those things. Now, you know, on this on this question, you saying that it means pro-black, but uh, you know, any ethnic group is going to tend to favor their own. And I usually like to talk about those whose skin is just as dark as Isaac Hayes or Wesley Snipes. Nigerians, Ghanaians, Somalians in this country. They're going to choose their own over black Americans. So can we say that they're pro-black too? So that pro-blackness has to be... Pardon me? Listen, bro. Listen, bro. You 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 come on the line and you, and you take it in a different direction. You you know exactly what the question entails. The question is not the hue of someone's skin. The question is the position in America as a black American. Yeah. As a black American does not mean that you're against white Americans. Oh, I can. I don't I know. Can, I can. I can. I can agree with you on that. But for some, for a lot, you know, there's elements in your population that feel different. You can tell or listen to their conversation. So, no, I don't think that being pro-black means that you're pro-white with everyone. I don't believe that at all. Do you? No, my my position is I'm too busy being pro to worry about anybody else. Pro does not mean that I'm anti anything that I'm against. It just simply means that I'm pro. It means that I'm for. I'm not. Right. And I would bet to I would assume to bet that you're not pro all blacks either. It's probably some that you don't want to have nothing to do with. I mean that's just typical of the way human beings feel toward others for whatever the reason. There's a lot of people that I don't, I rather not deal with. However, that does not mean I disassociate myself. What I do is, I plant my seed and I leave. I don't got to dwell. Right, absolutely. What you're doing is respecting them. That don't mean you have to accept them. You follow me? Okay. I'm with you. Sadly, but I'm with yeah. You. you got. You have to. You have to accept somebody. You have to. I'm sorry. Respect them. You know, somebody may be gay. A male may like other men. Well, I don't accept that. But because of the way the laws are, I respect that. That's their position. 
and in respect to them, I, I deal with them at a certain length. So it may be someone over here that's black, that's a heterosexual, and if we're talking on the same level, on the same agenda, then we both have pro attitudes and pro likeness. So that don't mean that you hate white folks. It don't mean that you love all blacks neither. I mean, that makes sense. It does. Great. It does. All right. Well, that's my contribution to the topic. Thank you very much. So, so, go ahead. Back to we were we were talking about knowing who we are, and because we don't know who we are, we fall for who they tell us we are, who they're showing us by planting these idols before us, i.e. the entertainers, you know, with all the money and the influence and and all this here. That's what we that's what we, that's what we had kind of start going that direction. Okay. I think that w- one important thing to to remember is, um, like the gentleman said that he said that you know just because you're pro black don't mean you're pro all black. Well, the one thing that that we were talking about is the division. And the reason that the perception of so many people that when you're pro-black, you're anti-white, the reason that perception exists is because the country is so divided. Political affiliations mm-hmm. for this, for all intended purposes on this phone call, that, that really doesn't matter. Who you vote for is your personal business. Um, however, you are still free to hold your opinion and um, like the gentleman said before, when Barack Obama was in office, yes, his very position infuriated people. And the unfortunate part is he did eight years. So for eight years, some people, most people, did not agree, could not agree, even the people that worked in the White House at the Capitol with him. They could not agree how to move the country forward. And then fast forward to Mr. Trump, number 45, who is a bigot, okay, in my opinion, not to argue with the brother who voted for him, that's cool, do you, but he is a bigot. And you talk about different things that he stood for, different comments that he's made, not only against black people, against other cultures, he creates division. And the country right now is boiling with anger and hatred right now. So now the perception is, is if you are white and you love whites and you're a bald-headed white man, then the perception may be you're a skinhead. Or if you march with um, blacks and you have your fist in the air, then you are, you know, you're bringing back the Black Panthers, God forbid. So now everyone is looking for a reason to spew hate and more division. What the, the purpose of the conversation tonight is 
we're saying why. We're trying to figure out, like, why is it that way and create a conversation where we could have different ideas come about to say, okay, well, how can we be pro-black and build our community up and get the young boys off the corners with their pants hanging down, slinging dope? How can we get our ladies out of being out of prostitution? And um, how can we help not only the people as a whole, but specifically our community? Because government isn't reaching out to help us. Like the brother said, yeah. they're killing us. They look at you on the corner. They see you with your pants down, slinging dope or not, you're automatically a gangbanger. Not all dope boys are gangbangers, one, but not all people standing on the corner are dope boys either. But they don't hesitate to pull their weapon out so they would stay out of fear. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep on. No, 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 no. Go to keep keep rolling. (laughs) So I'm just saying that the conversation isn't – doesn't have to be. I mean, while we do respect other nationalities, other cultures, other countries, and um, our, our partners and all that stuff, while we do respect that, our conversation tonight is, is specifically how can we help ourselves? And once we do that, we begin to help everybody else because nobody's reaching out a hand to help us unless we're given a, a welfare check or, you know, public assistance of some sort, and then we're talked about and displayed as if we're animals. We're trying to circumvent all of that, and we're trying to do things within our own community to lift each other up. So we start there first, because what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to go outside and show my brother hate simply because he is slinging dope, and then show my young brother over here love because he's from India. If I can't show it to my own, then it makes no sense to try and show it to somebody else because the lady mentioned the Bible earlier. You do have to love all, but there's nothing wrong with trying to help those who look like you first and foremost. I, I, I agree. One thing, I that, one thing I can um, this to switch subjects on. One thing I'm really proud of everybody on this phone was, I, I think you know, and I could be wrong, but I really interpreted like the brother that called in. I, I think he thought he was going to get a different re- reaction from us when he said he voted for Trump. And you know, one thing I'm really proud of us as a whole is, regardless of what we felt on the inside, everybody respected that and kept it moving. And I, I really think that threw him off. And I like how when he tried to change the narrative just slightly, you you reeled that in real quick, quick. And I I just wanted to say I, I, I like that. That was it. Just goes to show that we're not just we're not talking just to talk. No, no. There's, there's we we've kind of as a people we avoid topics like this. You know what I mean? Because nobody, nobody really want to be called out. When you start talking, having a conversation like this, you, you shake things up. Because now you're going to have a conversation. That's that's the elephant that's in everyone's room, in everyone's house. Because nobody want to talk about 
you know, pro and anti, blacks and whites and and all this stuff. You know, she he he started talking about, you know, the Ethiopians and all this. That's fine, but you know what we're talking about. We're talking about the issue at hand, and that's what's going on in Black America. I don't know how many Ethiopians got murdered by, you know, unarmed law enforcement, what have you. They don't give us those specifics, but what they do say across the radio, he's a, he's a black male wearing a hoodie, you know, what have you. Those are the descriptions that they give when they gun us down. Period. Period. So right now, it just seems as though we're in a we're in a, in a crisis situation right now. To 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 reach back and grab those hours, and that's being our youth. That's being our our self love. That's being our self respect. That's being you know love. Period. Period. That's not what they want us to have. They want us to have hate and and be competing with each other and and killing each other off. One got to be better than the other, which means you know you're tearing one down versus you 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 good or or the best of you. I'm the best of me, and we both just be the best us. I get I get that you know, but one thing. you know, just to, to switch gears, one thing he he said that he, he actually was was right on, and you know, um, you know, um, and and it's not to switch gears, but he he was absolutely right when he said, you know, we're up here screaming pro black, but you know, and it's it is a division amongst amongst us and true Africans because I mean what he said wasn't wrong when he was like, um, yep. you know, they will. Ride with each other, and that 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 that's some that's some truth to that, you know. You know, it's it's some you know it it was I mean true enough. It was, it was trying to instigate, but at the same time, you know that he he's he's he was absolutely right with that statement. He was he was right on point, and you know for for as long as we've been having this this podcast and um, having these conversations, the goal obviously is for him and anyone else to be able to say that about us because we need to create um, a culture where we stick together and we, we stand behind one another regardless of what, of how we dress, regardless of our occupation, regardless of our background, regardless of everything. We need to be able to stand for one another and so the topic obviously being why do why when we become pro-black we're anti-white like why when we stand together they assume or when we rally they they bring in the national guard you know why when we march or we have a conversation like this and we're passionate about what we believe in and we're we're standing with the mother who just lost her son or the father who just, you know, lost his child, um, why why are we trying to instigate um, and, and cause issues and why do we catch charges? Because when everybody else stands together, it's commended. Hands are clapped. But when we stand, we scare everybody, and we scare them into locking us up. We scare them into shooting us, into killing our kids. 
why is that? Well, how, like, why do right, we have to be looked at and perceived as if we don't know how to act when we stand together? And, and even when we, we do, shouldn't be standing and, together. No, no, well, that's in their eyes. But, but although, like you were saying earlier, when we were talking about the weaponry and going to war, you know, with animal, without guns, you know, what's in us is in us. And be mindful, regardless of how you separate us, we're still tribal people. We can come together, and we can make it happen in a community of our own. But oftentimes when we're, when we're you know, assembling together, when we get together and, and whether we are grieving or whether we're angry or whether we're celebrating, it's not us usually who throws the bottle. It's usually, I mean, do the, do the research. We're being infiltrated to get it's always this, the plan. these, these it's always. To, to get someone else to, to, to get an uproar. So you can't have a public video of us just minding our business, celebrating or crying or whatever. It's got to be an image of, or, 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 or a video of us acting a fool. Even in Ferguson, when, when, the, when the kid got shot in, somebody through the bottom, they turned on the dude like, no, nah, he ain't with us. That ain't what we do. Hey, real quick. And, that, and, and, and the police kind of stayed back. And that day, you didn't really hear too much about any, anybody wilding. But they tried. And that's not the first time. That's not the first time. I think, you know, in all fairness, you know, we want to get to the point where we can display love and hold each other up and lift each other up in the same way that other cultures are able to do so and not be feared. I don't know if that will ever if that will ever happen just because of history and um but I think that that's that's what we're all striving towards. You know, we we talk about the word and I don't know if pastor's called in yet, but we talk about the word and we talk about Bible Bible and Bible said God is love. And you know, if if you if you love God, then you love thy neighbor and treat everyone as such. That for people who genuinely have love, you know, like us who are on this call, um, we're trying to have conversations so that we can somehow one person at a time, one community at a time, change that perception and embrace each other and you know lift each other up and be. And love our people. From my understanding, God. If everybody else don't. can do it, then why can't we? Absolutely, absolutely. From my, from my understanding, God doesn't do the fear thing. You know, I think he he he's supposed to fear him only or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why 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 you fear for me if if this is supposed to be a, such a a Christian? Based nation, uh, country, right? right. We're why, supposed why to you, be. Why you fear me? Right, we're supposed to be one nation under God, 
indivisible, but every time you turn around, you know, God is, is taken out of everything, you know, um, and division is, is put in everything. So you go to vote, you have to choose. You can't just choose a name. First of all, when you go to register to vote, you have to, you, they, they would like you to declare whether you are Republican, Democrat, or liberal, or independent. Excuse me. That's what they want you to claim when you go. But why do we have to do that? Why can't we just sit and listen to the debate and vote for the person who lines up who hopefully us with our morals and our values? regardless of what party they're affiliated with. See, the whole thing is is that the division continues. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's, I think mm-hmm. it's inevitable, um, unfortunately. And there's it's, and it's multiple levels of, of the, the division. Yeah. And you know what's crazy, y'all? You know who put the harshest laws for us? When it comes to the crimes through legislation in the past twenty years, it hasn't been Republican. No. Nope. It has not. Well see, people don't understand and somebody can correct me when I'm wrong because I'm not a historian, but wasn't Abe Lincoln a Republican? Yeah, so was Martin Luther King. And what did he do? Free the slave, man, preach. Okay. But somehow as as we've evolved, you know, and for those who like to hold on strong to their history and, you know, as as we've evolved, we've forgotten say them. that. I'm sorry, say let's them. say this. It, it it equates to what it is today as a Republican. That's what they believe. Right. And but it's uh Back, back, okay, to, to to your point. Back in those days when, you know, uh, Martin Luther King, he was a Republican. Republicans were, quote unquote, the Black Party. Back in those days, for the blacks. Mm-hmm. And to Shay's point, the Democrats are the ones that's that's got us deceived, and the ones that's doing us the most harm. Hell, mm-hmm. truthfully, look at what all Clinton did. Clinton tore us, tore us down as a black community with all the things that, that was passed that wasn't beneficial to us. But we're not listening to we're not listening to the debates. We're not tuning in and we're not listening to what these candidates um, are talking about. Um, and the platform that they're building for themselves. We're not listening. We're looking at red or blue. And if you're black, you're blue. If you're white, you're red, however the thought process may go. And, again, who you vote for is who you vote for. No problems with that. I have in my myself, I voted Republican. I did not vote for Trump, would not vote for him. But I have voted, I have voted for a Republican. Um, before because the platform that they stood on and they campaigned on meant most to me personally. Um, And so, you know, in order to get through this division, everybody needs to understand not only who they vote for, but what they're voting for. Forget about 
the how the world wants you to see as as Democrats and Republicans. And I know this is getting a little bit off the subject, but um, you know you have to forget about that, and you have to do what hits close to home. That's the same for supporting black people and still being able to look someone of of another culture or another race in the face and treat them equally. You know, just because you love your black people don't mean that we don't love and treat equally any other race or culture. It just means that because the black community is suffering so much from what's going on in the world today, it's, it's like that one child who needs just a little more hugs than than your other one. Right. You know, at some point they got to get. You know, at some point you got to hug them all equally. But for right now, you know, we got to hug and uplift ourselves a little bit more because we are, you know, moving slowly back to the bottom of the food chain. And that because of the and that's and that's the whole point. Period. That's the whole point right there. All I, all I'm simply trying to do is. Give hugs, give hugs of uh, congratulatory hugs or hugs of consolement, uh, hugs of you know, just letting you know that that we're here. And 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 nowhere in in that hug am I saying, hey, I don't want you. We can't we can't rock with that that white guy over there. Nah, cause shit. Truthfully, he might be hugging too. Martin Luther King wasn't the only only black guy, you know, who got arrested for the civil rights during that movement. No, some white guys who was marching with him. But all this, to everybody's point, let's hug. <laughs> Not don't don't touch me physically, but let's. Let's embrace each other to show love. Love done right can heal all things. Absolutely. We know how to hate. We know how to hate. I find it I find it so so intriguing. Like it and and, and my question is, is, is just why? The, the, the nicest guy, the, the whatever I can do to help. So why you fear me? Is it me? Is it anything that I have done specifically, or is it what's in your head? I believe it's what's in your head versus anything I've done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that you know, like like. The brother said earlier, you know, they, they've been able, they've been successful enough to erase so much of our history um, of, of the good things and the positive moves that we've made. They've been able to erase so much of that and keep that um, hidden and buried for so long um, that truthfully as a culture, we've nearly forgotten who we are and who we come from um, because we kind of, you know, lay back and let them kick the dirt over, so to speak. Um, 
And because they've been so successful at that, then the the fear of our come up lies within them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, you know, um, man, I've seen what this guy's capable. I've seen what these guys are capable of, and it was, we're not trying to go back there. So let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do all we can to to keep them down. And the unfortunate part is, um, you know, the the systems that were created to help us, they have conditioned us to believe that it's permanent, you know, and some of our brothers and sisters who, you know, who receive help that should be temporary, they they become long-term beneficiaries, and and that's, that's when, you know, we get displayed on TV, you know, in a negative manner. Um, they go when when they're doing interviews or when when someone has been shot or some catastrophe has happened. They pick and nothing against my brothers and sisters, but they pick the worst looking ones of us to interview. The ones who hadn't who couldn't afford to go to the dentist to keep their teeth up. The ones who couldn't afford or who woke up that morning and didn't have time to comb their hair. Or you know what I'm saying? The ones that was in such awe and shock that they threw on the worst pair of sweatpants that they had. They pick, they deliberately choose um, the worst of us to display on TV. And we follow. I agree. You come I, and ask me and I got 100%. on sweatpants and my hair pulled back in a knot, I'm going to tell you, no, I, I cannot do an interview right now. I mean, I don't, you know, one, I don't care about nobody seeing me on TV, but two, if somebody going to see me on TV, I'm not going to look at my absolute worst. I mean, I don't have to go put makeup on to the nines, but I'm, if I, I have a family to represent, you know, like I have a culture to represent. You know, we don't we don't want to represent for each other anymore. We're all about, like the lady had said earlier, you know, let's let's for six months um, of the year mind our business, and the other six months leave everybody else alone. But the problem is, is that there's been too much of us minding our business. Like we we don't lift each other up. We we look, you know, at kids walking down the street with pants hanging down their ass, and we don't correct them. You know, we mind our business, and that's not that's not working. It's proving to not be effective right now. We can't just mind our business. I agree. I agree with that 100%. We got to be proactive versus reactive. We we can't. Time time is of the essence. We cannot sit back and just and continue to, to 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 let it go without mentioning. You know, that's the whole uh when we were young, teachers would would be doing our work, and teachers would walk by and, and kind of and glance down at everyone's paper. Why? Because if there's something going wrong, they can be corrected along the way. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing that we're trying to do. We're trying to walk along and, and monitor so we can correct what we see you starting to go wrong at. And that's the problem. No one wants to correct. Period. No one wants to correct. You see a little bro- a young brother out here with his pants hanging down or, or standing on the corner, give him an alternative. 
give him an alternative. It's, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. He may not know any better. But now that you know better, you can teach him better. And if you don't, shame on you. Hold your thought. Hold your reply. We're going to welcome Pastor to the line. Hello to everybody. Welcome. How are you? Just got in, my brother, but all is well. Good to hear. Good to hear. We're talking about, uh, it's very simple. Why do people believe that being pro-black means that you're anti-white? Very simple. (laughs) Now, when you say that, you say, why do people, or why do black people, or, or the white people, or just people in general? People people in general. People in general who, you know, because you may have black people that means, that, that believes that you're being pro-black, so that means you're anti-white. You have white people that believe because you're pro-black, you're anti-white. Hell, Hispanics too. But it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just. A simple embracement. That's all it is. I'm just okay. Well, I, you know, um, obviously, I don't know what has been said. I don't know what, you know, but I, I can give you things from my perspective. And as always, it comes with a disclaimer that this is how I feel based off of what I've experienced and also, you know, uh, what I believe coming from the Word of God. But I respect everybody else's opinion as well, but the first, uh, my first answer is just absolute ignorance. I mean, just absolute ignorance. Um, mm-hmm. And my second answer is um, very simply, society and whatever society you live in uh, all but expects you to choose a side. You know, we we, oh. we we're in this we're in this place where if I'm a black man. I'm expected to vote for the black man, to choose the black man, to side with the black man. If I'm of another culture, then I think that there's pressure on me to do the exact same thing. But the reason I said ignorance, you know, because I am, you know, it's not about pastoring man is not who I am. That's that's my responsibility. That's just like, you know, uh, a business owner, you know, that's who they are. You know, I don't know, a professional athlete, that's who they are. You know, I'm, I'm been, I've been called to be a pastor. I've, that's my responsibility or whatever. But more than anything, I am a follower of Christ. And because I am a follower of Christ, you know, I can't allow myself to, um, to go down that path. Because, in other words, I'm supposed to model myself after God. And the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. Which means, you know, regardless of how much I say he's black and white folks say he's white and Hispanic folks say he's uh, Jesus or whatever, you know, truth of the matter is, man, he's just God. And he's not a respecter of persons. And in the Bible, the Jewish folks felt like, look, we, we all that. We got it. He's a Jew. He's going to side with us. These other folk have lost their ever-loving mind. And he said, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not with that. I'm, I'm not with that. I I come, you know, for everybody. And one of the most loved scriptures in the Bible, or one of the most beloved scriptures in the Bible, is um, 
John 3.16, you got to hear what it says. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And when he said the world, last time I checked, there's black folk in it, white folk in it. You know, so in other words, it's just sheer ignorance for us to walk around and think, okay, well, just because I like black or I am black, that don't mean I hate white. I mean, I don't mean no harm, but uh, I like chocolate ice cream. Love it. I'm not going to buy vanilla ice cream. I don't want vanilla ice cream. Don't give me vanilla ice cream. But I'm not prejudiced against it. That's just a personal preference. You know, if my kids want it, I'll give it to them. But, you know, that's how simple this thing is. It boils down to an absolute choice, you know. And just because society tells me that, okay, if I'm black, I got to hate you or you automatically are the enemy. I don't mean any harm, man, but, um, you know, um, if I'm a businessman, you know, uh, your money's the same color. I'm, I'm not turning any of that down. You know, that's the way I feel. When we take our offering up on Sundays, I got white guys to give in it, black guys to give in it. I got alcoholics to give into it. I got prostitutes to give into it, blind preachers to give into it, and I take it all. Big guy. <laughs> Nicely said. Well, I'm just, I mean, I I just need everybody to realize that at the end of the, of the day, it has, it really has nothing to do with anybody else. It's just solely about, as Tyler said, my preference. I'm just trying to help out who needs the most help right now. That's it. That's all I'm trying to do. And that's what I believe that people are are misconstruing. If everybody just was on the same level, was on an equal playing field, black lives, white lives, everything was had the same value. There wouldn't be any 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 controversy of pro or or white or black lives matter and who lives matter and and all that because we wouldn't have these issues. The issue is when they the society try to make a difference in who's of more value than the other. When in fact God loves us all and we're created equal. Am I right? Yes, sir. I believe that you're right. But, I mean, you, you look across the board, and, man, listen, <laughs> this thing gets so thick, so deep, so heavy, now that I'm hearing you. Um, you know, you, you think about it for a second. I'll, I'll use my family as an example. Now, the family I grew up in, uh, they were physically told, listen, you cannot, you should not, don't you marry this is what they would say, a stringy-haired white woman. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, so I, I don't have a problem if that's how you feel, whatever, but would you rather me to go out here and marry a prostitute and nasty black woman? I mean, you know what I'm saying? You, you're telling me regardless right. to who this woman is, you cannot marry a white woman. You, you cannot. You're not allowed to do that. 
you know. So some families just applied enough pressure. And until this day, uh, God has blessed me with three sons. And my own mother to this day, she'll say, now, listen, fellas, y'all some good-looking boys, but once y'all get caught up with white women, that's, that's, that's causing trouble. That'll bring shame on the family. Shame on the family. Have you checked your tree yet? Really? I don't look too good. Right. I'm you know, going to say. You know, tree, tree's leaning real bad right now, you know. Come on, And then man. here's the next thing. <laughs> the next thing is uh, I can't say all across the U.S., but where I live, you would be surprised at how many, quote, unquote, black folk, I mean, white folks will listen to black music. You know, they're, they're, they're pumping it and it's hollering nigger and all on their motorcycle and all this. But you don't hear the brothers listening to, you know, Luke Bryant, you know, a country, you know, uh, a singer or whatever. So we choose these things. We 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 do this, man, and it's getting – and it's, it, it has gotten horrible. It's gotten really, you know, uh, absolutely out of control. So, you know, again, it's almost like, well, I got to do – what y'all want me to do on this line tonight? Cause y'all might take my black card. You know what? What's up with that? I, I First think, of all, I don't know who the hell Luke Bryan is. See you. He was talking about you. <laughs> he was talking yeah, about was you. Talking, is Shay still on yeah, the line, Yeah, Shay's still on the line. I think we he he was and I um, earlier pastor had said exactly what you said and and there were those type of conversation um, and I I call him out because he was actually and my husband too uh, we were actually talking about you know marrying a different race outside of the family and like um, I grew up with a lot of diversity and a lot of friends of mine were white but I saw that when my cousins dated and the the white girls that I had to be the one to call because his voice would have told he was black and that wasn't accepted in their household. So at that point I chose not to date outside of my race at that age because I knew the parents weren't accepting. Now we live in an age where, you know, we talk about like your mom and our grandparents going through that time. I could see where, why they say that because of all the things that happened, but they don't understand, again, how the world has evolved. You know what I'm saying? And those choices that, that we we can make now for ourselves, we can marry who we want to marry. You love who you want to love, or you marry who you want to marry. Well, what's funny hey, is what gets me about this, Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I, I had, you know, I had to, I had to put my four-year-old down. This is what gets me about my our people. We'll still there. There's still some of us that that say they can't stand, you know, interracial couples and and it's switching subjects, you know, that it should never be. It should never be. But then turn around and make the dumbest comment and say, Obama's my guy. Where do you think Obama came from? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, but that's one who, mm-hmm. who, who, once again, that's the ignorance. They don't, they don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When, when it, my grandmother, she was like, "Yo, don't bring nothing home white but bread." <laughs> that's based <laughs> off her experiences. That's based off her experiences. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't never really have experiences with with, with, with white women like that growing up. So I can't mm-hmm. say it good or bad. You did, period. 
I ain't tripping. Oh, if hey, whatever make you happy. The, you, your mom told the boys, don't bring home. Well, you know, no white woman there to disgrace the family, whatever. But but what about if they brought home another man? Is that cool? Well, now let's forget let's forget about grandma right now. You talking to me now? I'm killing. No, no, I get it. I get it. I get that. I get that. But I'm just simply saying we talking about what disgrace. You know, but if God is love, you know, why don't you be happy that He's with somebody who loves and respects Him? I hear right. you. I, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I do yeah. hear you. But man, um, you will be amazed, honestly, at um, you know. Okay, just yeah, because I bet y'all won't. <laughs> I, I, I prefer I, my preference. I'm married to a black woman. That's my queen. I'm married to her, uh, and it's because that's just simply my preference. I. Did I see white women in the world? Yeah, they're out there, but I just never wanted – that's just not what I wanted. It wasn't because they were white. It wasn't because they were – you know, it, it didn't have anything. I just prefer what I got. I wanted the thickness. I wanted the – I wanted what I got. I got what I got. I'm good with what I got. And so, I, But I don't have a problem, uh, you know um, – with someone that says, you know what, I don't date outside my race. I I only want white women. That's what. Look, brother, you do you. But again, just because I do that, I'm not gonna hate on a white man. I'm not gonna hate on. Um, let me tell y'all a story. I, I love documentaries, and it's uh, down. My wife is from Louisiana area, and um, they had a real bad um, mass shooting of several years ago of cops. And um, they brought these several white cops into the hospital, and the doctor was, you know, trying to work on them, and I think he lost three of them. But nonetheless, you know, after he lost them, he came out to do um, his interview, and he was all but in tears. And the reason that he was in tears was because he said he wished he had, could have saved him. And then he actually told the reason why. He said, you know, over the years he had been stopped by white cops for so many years. He said he feared for his life on a couple of occasions. And he said when that happened, you know, and they brought them in there, he said he was really heartbroken that he couldn't save them because he was saved trying to save a life. He didn't care whether it was black or white. And it was at that moment right then that he was able to forgive the cops for what they did to him over the years. And, you know, that kind of was like a like a little eye opener for me, it was like, wow, dude, what would happen if, you know, you've been dealt with like that before, but what would happen if um, you had a chance to save one of them? Would you just say, you know what, you deserve what you got? And I can honestly say tonight, you know what, um, I don't, for me, in, 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 in what I do for a living, if you will, man, I don't mean any harm. I don't want anybody to die and go to hell. I don't care what color you are. And I don't care what – I may have told you to go there a couple of times, you know, you know when I was angry, but I, I don't really mean that, man. I don't want anybody to suffer. I don't want – I don't care who it is, man. I don't I don't want anybody to suffer, man. I just, I just don't. And so I'm not going to be jumping up and just hollering 
Black Lives Matter. If I'm going to do that, you know, when it flips the other way, I'm going to say White Lives Matter. And so I'm not going to let society dictate to me and tell me, listen, you got to hate them because you're one of us. The devil is a liar. I don't have to hate them. I don't have to do that. That's I don't hate nobody. I'm just right. loving somebody. On that thought, we're going to introduce caller 7244 to the line. Hello. Hello. How was how everybody? Well, thank you. How are you? Hello. I'm doing fine. Doing fine, brother. Um. Uh, t- I. Well, okay. Wait. You had a question, brother. You want to say something? No, nah, please go right ahead. I was just going to introduce you in, brother. Go ahead. Do your thing. Well, yes, yes, sir. My name is Equani, and I'm calling you guys uh, from South Carolina. And um, you know, hopefully, you, you know, I, I come in love and in peace and in in harmony for us as black as African people. Um, you know, you guys in in in. I'm going to say the majority of the, the titles, because I've been a, a, a blog talk BTR participant for maybe about five or six years now. And this is a, a new way, new avenue to, you know, uh, uh, engage with uh, people that are similar to us, that, that, that share relative experiences in life. And to, you know, uh, being able to do this like we've never done before in the past, before social media. So I am thankful for uh, being able to to have the opportunity to um, be a part of your show. And, it um, you know, I, I think when we are talking about um, this, this, this situation as pro-black, and pro-black definitely does mean for black. And as you all were speaking it reminded me of the dynamics of life in cancer, right? And we do know that all cancers aren't malignant. All cancers won't kill you. But I think it's of utmost importance that whenever someone is dealing with a, a cancer or a level of cancer, it it, it, it normally has a, a, a certain dynamic to it. Cancer has a certain description that we all are fearful of, that it causes danger. It causes danger. And we're more familiar with that side. You understand? So I say the thing, I said that to say comparing life to cancer, right? And when we, when I look at my life, I look at my life as the black life. And looking at the life of the European, the white man, the Caucasian, we call them many things, as the cancer, Right? I think us evaluating where we are today, we must do it. And I remember when I was in the church, it said, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And to be, and to be honest, when I was lodged in that scripture or that part of the scripture, that kind of led me out of the church. You understand? Not saying that it's a bad thing for anybody that supports Christianity that is in the church, but that truthful spirit, allowed me being to you know to be able to look at things in a truthful spirit rather than a naive spirit rather than an untruthful spirit that allowed me to see where we are today in 2019 and where we came from and a lot of that stuff hasn't changed and my grandmother told me 
Self-preservation is the first law of nature, right? Self-preservation mm-hmm. is the first law of nature. And I think that when I was in the church, you know, I remember one of the, the worst sins, worst things that I was taught that you could do was commit suicide. Kill yourself, right? And I think that's what we allow to be done to us. We, rather than standing up and doing something, Rather than standing up and being for our people, feeling good about ourselves, because I can't get mad at white people for being pro-white. You understand? I'm not white, but it's good for that team to feel good about themselves. I say it's important for us as black people to be pro-black. Not some of us, but all of us as we're talking about finding answers to the problems that plague us today as they did 50 years ago, as they did 100 years ago. We talk about the brutal slave history of America. That's something that even if we, I tried to pray about it. I tried to, we can try to do everything. It's not, it doesn't go away. You understand? And that's why they're talking about reparations, because the person that committed those acts, those atrocious acts, he never said that he was sorry. I was listening to a Donald Trump uh, the comment today, and he was talking about treat them like uh, treat something to the extent of treating them like animals. He said back in the day they wouldn't be allowed to protest. He said, yeah, they'll protest one time, but later on. And just talking about the Jim Crow description, this is nothing to play with, although the majority of our people that are black, that are African genetically, they, we play with it. Rather than feeling good about ourselves, we rather hold hands with everyone else. Therefore, at the end of the day, everyone else is moving forward while we still are stuck in the same situation as we were in the 60s. So I just want to say honestly, in the spirit of truth, where we are able as men and responsible women able to come together as the strong centerpieces in our family in our communities, in our nations that we want to have, you know, and, and, you know, I think we have to just be honest with ourselves. Even when, you you know, athletes are playing sports, it's not wrong for, you know, the Golden State fan to be, feel, and love only his team. That's what a fan and supporter is supposed to do. It's not wrong. They had the gay pride thing. Although I don't agree with gay pride, these people are supporting and feeling good about gay pride. When it comes Mm -hmm. down to black pride, that's not something that we can participate. We have to feel some kind of way. We have to feel, you know, we can't say black power or feeling good about being black because we have to feel like we're stepping on somebody else's toes. A lot of black people Mm. didn't want to watch that movie on Netflix. Uh, uh, when, When they see us, Talking about the Central Park Five that were wrongly and justly, uh, uh, you know, sent to prison. A lot of black people said they didn't want to see that. Why? Because if they saw it, they would start to develop a hate or, or a disdain for white. You know, not saying that we should carry that around, but we should know who our enemy is and who our family, who our friends are. You understand? So I'm sorry for, you know, being long-winded, but I just wanted to kind of add that to the conversation that you guys had going. Thank you. 
Uh, no, nah, man, that was, that was straight. That was straight church. I appreciate that. that everything you said was facts, man. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, I, I, I agree with it as well. You know, I think that it's we don't we 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 don't say you know uh, pro pro black or anti-white because you don't want to offend. You don't know if it will offend. But if you you do it from a place of love, and that place of love is to to embrace, to console, to celebrate something with somebody that looks like you, you know, to encourage. That's not saying that you hate anybody else. I'm just simply saying right now, at the, at the alarming rate that that we're falling, we need to embrace each other. That's it. But you know what? I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna go back to a mute. It truly does scare white people when there's a true love and an embrace of black a black a black man. That's right. And that's right. I can say that because. Quick, you know where I work. I, I sell BMWs, and I had a, a, a old high school friend of mine who I ain't seen in probably at least 15 years walk into the dealership. We ain't seen each other in, in, in 15 years. And it was a love and an embrace that was so genuine, but at the same time, a little loud. But it was not, It was nothing alarming. It terrified the white people in the, in the building. Terrified them. Can't take y'all nowhere. <laughs> I think um, we we've we've had a conversation, um, multiple conversations before. Um, again, um, where we talk about different things, and I think it brings me back to we have to be bold. Like, why should we care who fears us? You know, like the Bible says, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. So why should we think, or why should we hesitate to embrace one another um, in thought that someone is going to be afraid of that? Because if God is in you and he's in the next man, then fear doesn't exist. So we need to be bold. And we've said so many times, live in our truth. They, you know, believe in who we are and stay, be steadfast. So why not? I mean, it starts with us, right? That's the reason why we have these podcasts. This is the reason why we have these calls because, one, we can't change the world in one conversation, but we can change it one man at a time, one family, one community, one, you know, city, one state, one county, however you want to put it. We can make changes that way because love is infectious. And so if you treat your brother with love and you embrace and you pull the young brother up and they do it to somebody else and it continues to pay forward, then, you know, I mean, it may be 10 years from now, but that'll still be 10 years that we're looking back and saying, hey, this is what happened during that time frame. Um, And, you know, we should obviously want to be a part of that. So go out and be bold and and be pro-black and still love everybody and you know what it's not even you know you can be pro-black but even if you see someone of another culture or another background that needs correct and then then correct them 
Correct. And, not check. If, correct. And, and if, and if I could that. add this on, I, I just, and I, and I fathom this a lot, and I know us out of all people, there has never, ever been a people known to man that have gone through such torment, have, have gone through so much brutalness, they have gone through so much uh, death and, 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 and disorder and chaos uh, being placed upon us, being infringed upon us. This is a reality. Probably not even an animal. And when we're talking about the systematic torture that was done to us as a black people, I think it's very important to actually go back to remember who did that to us? Even when we're talking about, and, and like I said, I used to be in the church. I'm not in the church now. But I do remember in the Bible the story of David and Goliath, right? David was a great, went on to be a great man. But in that, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was taught about how he had the courage and not much of a tool to combat and fight his enemy. In the face of his enemy tormenting himself and his people, right? And I feel like that is very important to us as a people because we all remember when 9/11 hit. The terrorists. We remember when the terrorist attack came over, right? And we remember. Yeah. We we remember when that terrorist attack came over, and as soon as those we found out who they were. We were ready to go fight, right? We were ready to go do something about it. Protect, right? Yeah. And I think rather than like, I think us as black people, we have or we can have the type of thing where someone comes into our house, robs us, endangers our people. We would just pat them on the back and say, well, hey, we forgive you. We love you. You know, come back and, and, and maybe do it again to us. And it's this sense of, of naivety. That we as a people, we're going to have to overcome and have this sense of protection. I think all animals have it. The survival nature starts to kick in. And we start to do things, even when it comes down to politics. Right now, us, collectively, we don't vote or we don't all participate in the same policies that will be good for black people all around. We don't. We might do some for some black people that's good over there, over on one side, but we don't come together. We are at a place where some of, some black people might be voting red, some black people might be voting blue. When it's of importance, this is a thing to be important. We're talking about freedom. A lot of us are going to be celebrating 4th of July. But when America was celebrating 4th of July, us as black people, we weren't. Right? We weren't we celebrating free. freedom. No, uh, we, that's why we had to have June. our 4th of July on Juneteenth. And even, on, in that, we, and even in that, we still weren't free. Family, mm-hmm. we still, they said they signed an Emancipation Proclamation 1865 or whatever and said, well, hey, now you Negroes can go free. But after this, it was 100 years after, we still getting hung from trees. Good old boy mm-hmm. sister, where the police were probably the ones that were doing it or, or okay with it. And now, current day, 2019, we have the situation where police will kill us for reading the book in our car. Things mm-hmm. haven't changed. 
We've been the most praying people, period. Not only do we pray and serve God, black people pray and serve Yahweh. We are Jews. We are Christians. We are Muslims. We try a lot of that stuff. It still seems like nothing is really working. We don't have to see. And like I said, I'm just at a place where it sounds like you guys are trying to get answers, trying to provide, you know, better options for our people in our neighborhoods, in our families. So I think it's a thing that we must love ourselves first before. And I think that's going to have to take at least about 100, at least about 200 years before we can even know what love is for anyone else. You understand? Mm. Loving ourselves with even our black women or knowing how, to, and I have to tell my daughter about knowing how to love their hair. Because now we say, well, a lot of black women and men, we're just painting our hair blonde. We just say, well, I don't like this hair color I have. Let me paint it blonde. I don't like the fact that what, what God or what the Creator gave me, I don't like the fact that it's nappy stuff. This is just undesirable. Let me put some uh, some chemical in it. And, 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 and lay it down to the side. You know, and we'll wind up getting... Come on, brother. We change your eye colors now. Permanently. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. We got people, rather than being thankful, and I know in, in the Christian faith, you know, we say in God, but when we say in the Creator has bestowed this image upon you of being dark-skinned, of being nappy-haired, and we're talking about love, and rather than loving that, we would go out and, 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 and put on a blonde wig. We'd go out and turn that dark skin to a light skin. If we're not careful, we would be mistaken a thing like love. We'd be saying that's something else. So I think mm-hmm. it's very important that we are able to love what the Creator gave to us. Who the creator blessed us as, not looking at that as a curse or as, but looking at that as a badge of honor, saying that I feel good with what the creator gave me. Thank you, creator. I don't have to worry about going out in the sun and getting burnt. I don't have to worry about, you know, certain things. So I give thanks to you, creator. We don't have a culture that yet supports that. We have cultures now where hip-hop is a billion-dollar industry, and we say, well, F this B, and I'm going to shoot this in, Negro. That's what we talk about. That's what our children uh-huh. are singing songs about. That's a reality. Uh-huh. That shows uh-huh. that we hate ourselves. So I'm just saying, before we can come to the table and talk with other ethnicities, other other races, it's very important that we as a people come to the get some come to the table and talk about what love is and how to, you know, facilitate and accommodate that family. This was a good discussion. I'm sorry I'm sorry for y'all hit me in the head y'all want to. Y'all y'all could have been pulling my chain. <laughs> no, no, you go ahead and and, and, and speak hey. on. We're gonna let Pastor Hey man, you, you get preacher, and, man. I'm I'm just soaking it in, man. I I don't get to have too many conversations like this all. <laughs> well, look, man. I want to be the first one to say I didn't catch your name, brother. I'm so I apologize. But the last brother they called in from South Carolina, um, I, I just didn't catch your name. So if I don't call your name, uh, nothing personal. I just didn't catch your name. But uh, we're gonna disagree on one thing. And let me tell you: Are you still there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Okay. What we're gonna disagree on is simply this. Uh, 
you say that you're not, you know, in the church anymore. Let me tell you something, man. You're not. Guess what? The church is in you now because you just explained scripture better than I can. You just went down through several scriptures and you gave the explanation, you know, the way God meant, in my opinion, for it to be explained. You just did an awesome job. So, you know, I respect the fact that you're not in the church any longer, but I uh, also uh, want to let you know the church is in you now, man. It is in you, brother. It is. I don't know who taught you. I don't know if you're self-taught. I don't know. Grandma spent some time with you, but brother, you got the word in you now. You keep living that, and and you're just you're not you'll be just fine. All right. And, and, I'm, then and the I'm next thing. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, oh no 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 no. Go ahead. I'm. I was blessed by what you said. I really was. Uh, you talked about David and Goliath, and that's one of the problems in. You know, our culture in general is that, okay, David, when he went to face Goliath, you know, those that don't know the story, uh, there were several of David's brothers, seven of them to be exact, that were hiding. They were afraid to face him. They, they would not deal with him. And that lets you know that's a, that's a slap in our face right there. You got one out of, you know, eight people based on that story. That's willing to stand up and fight for what we believe in. And that's the truth right there. So I don't blame that on the white man. I blame that squarely on the black man. Stand up and take your place. Stand up and do what you're supposed to do. And as far as, um, you know, being done wrong, I don't know personally. I I know the Nazis uh, did some folk, you know, the Holocaust and all this stuff. I know there's some people that suffered, but in my own humble opinion, I got to agree with you. Nobody suffered like black folk, but this is my thing. Nobody suffered like us, uh, but you know what? I don't want anybody else to suffer like us either. In other words, you know, uh, yes, I've gone through a few things, but nothing like my ancestors treated like, like you said, less than animals. Nobody, nobody, but guess what? Uh, I I don't want to see my people or any people suffer like that again. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see that again. Going down and seeing the slave ships down in Charleston and different places like that, you know, it'll bring you to absolute tears and sometimes to anger, sometimes to hatred. Just seeing how they were brought here and then even how they're treated now. And so my thing is, you know, nobody suffered like black folk, but I don't want to see anybody else suffer like us. Um, and so my last saying is this, you know, uh, we definitely need to love ourselves. The Bible says it. It said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and then love other folk as you love yourself. That's what it says. You got, we got to learn to love ourselves. But here's my thing, and this is a good discussion. We need to love ourselves without hating everybody else. I don't need to hate no, you to love me. When I learn, when I learn to love me, then... You know, that's 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 how I feel. So, yes, it's time for us to stand up. I don't think that we have to uh, cater to society. You know, I don't think we have to, uh, you know, put the blonde in my hair. I don't, I don't think I have to do any of those things. I can be who God intended for me to be, and that's a nappy-haired black man, but I'm going to take care of my hair. I'm going to pull my pants up, you know, and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. I'm not going to let labels, you know, um, 
defying me or or anything like that. I am going to be loud because I am a black man. I'm going to embrace. I'm going to love, but I'm going to take my rightful mm-hmm. place in my family too. And that that's where I, you know, uh, I get upset with my people, uh, you know, with my people. We want to come together and have hot dogs and, you know, if they want to celebrate the 4th of July, cool. But if you're going to get together, at least have a conversation about, mm-hmm. you know, why you're celebrating this and then talk about Juneteenth. You know, let's educate ourselves. And maybe the love you're talking about won't take 100 years. If we start tonight, if we start tonight, I promise you, um, you know, we can begin to change just by having the conversation. So I applaud you with everything that you said. Um, and, again, the only things that I disagreed with you on was that you may not be in the church, but the church, the church is definitely in you. That's number one. And then finally, I'm not going to hate anybody in order to love me. I love me, man. I love me. I wish I had done it a long time ago. I really do. I think so, one of the, I think the issue is, Pastor, to both of y'all points, is before we can love each other, we got to know who we are. We got to know what we love about us. We got to understand that our our hair is the the only hair that can be that anything can be done to. They, straight hair or, or well, straight hair can't curl up like our hair. Mm. Our hair can can you know we can we can we can we can tan it we can lighten it we can do all that stuff, but we can wear any style, and everybody else can't. Our eyes mm-hmm. are the color that they are to to shield from the sun to protect from the sun. The same as our skin. People are, di- are 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 tanning and tinting their skin to get the look of our hue, which is our the melanin. But it's just not there. You, know, you got people walking around here looking orange and and bronze. Shit, what's the dude? Sam Sosa, he look like damn pink lemonade. So everybody first got to know about themselves in order to love themselves the way that they're supposed to. And I think that's where the issue comes. Other people know you better than you know you. But when are we going to have a conversation? When are we going to sit down? And I'll start with my house. That's the best place. When am I going to sit down and, and, you know, now I have talked to my kids, but I'm talking about in great detail and say, this is where we came from. Uh, This is who we are. Be proud of who you are. You don't have to, uh, you know, uh, take second place to anybody. You know, uh, when are we all going to sit down and have an intelligent conversation and not, you know, uh, you know, when are we going to, when are we going to do that? When are, when are we going to, when are we going to do that? Let me just ask that question. Okay, I'm going to say it's possible. We've already had that conversation, and we use the show Blackish, and I hate this show, right? I, I hate this show. But they had an episode about Juneteenth, and I was like, I, I mean, I watched it over and over, and I was like, yo, I got home, was like, yo, y'all got to watch this. And I was like, Michael, you don't go to school on Juneteenth, not realizing that they was already out for the summer. And it was like it was like this this huge up, uproar, right? Because 
you're absolutely right. This is when everyone was supposed to be free. We wasn't free on the 4th of July. We wasn't. So that's the tool to help you have that conversation. But that conversation needs to be had. Does that answer your question? Now, like I said, we in my house, we've already had that talk. So... And we're going to have it again, and we're going to have it again, and we're going to have it again. I think it's it's absolutely necessary to start having the conversations today because I think with with the way society is now, um, you don't have time to wait for your children to grow into themselves. You know, you don't have time to wait for them to find themselves. You have to coach them into who they're supposed to be, Um, not necessarily – not necessarily, you know, discourage the characteristics and the traits that they have right now, but you have to kind of coach their strengths because um, the time is now because <laughs> you don't know if we're going to have tomorrow or next week or even five years from now. I think it's important for children to understand at an earlier age who they are and, and why they are the way they are. You know, I don't know if Michael has said anything to my husband about this, but just yesterday he was asking me how he how how does he get curly hair? What? What do you need curly hair for? I just think I look better with curls. What? what? Well, we're going to cut all that shit off. Well, how about we just cut it? <clears throat> you know, you don't have to worry about having curly hair. But it's one of those things to where – um, you know, maybe maybe somebody else has curly hair or, you know, um, I, I don't know what brought about the question, but you don't need curly hair. Your hair is curly. It may not be as big curls as you want it, but it is curly. All of our hair is curly, you know, um, to some extent. So we have to start teaching them now because, I read a, a comment um, or an article about one of the superstars and their kids, and she said at three years old, her her adopted son looked at looked at her and said that he was a girl, and she embraced that. She embraced it, and now her adopted son, who is she's a white woman and he's black, um, she's letting him live as if he's a girl, because at three years old he said he was a girl. No. That's not what you are supposed to do. The Bible says train them up in the way they should go. Why are we going to change something that God has already designed them to be? He was born a boy. He will be a boy. You have to train them up to be a boy so that the father or whomever you have in his life trains him, continues to train him to be a man because that's what he was born as. That's just my belief. But to answer your question, Pastor, I think the time is now to have those conversations. Well, that sounds that sounds great to me because you know in in school I don't know about every state, but the state that I live in live in they'll teach you your state history, they'll teach you American history, United States history, and all of that, and that doesn't include you know quote-unquote, African history. So, you know, I, I, instead of fighting with the school system and saying you're going to change your curriculum, why don't I take the responsibility on of doing it myself? And that way I know that it's done properly. 
because until we teach who we really are and who God made us, there's not going to be any pride in that. You know, that's that's that. You know, we don't realize how many black kings there really were. We don't realize how many black Uh-oh. millionaires and entrepreneurs that we that were that has come. You know, all the way back, even in slavery time, we don't know a lot of times. You know, a lot of the inventions that we see now came from the mind of a black man. We don't realize that. You know, a good portion of the White House was actually built built with black hands. You know, in other words, what I'm saying is, if we teach these things and pride begins to rise up, now we don't feel like that we're a less than society. We can stand up and say, you know what, I am, you know, just as much of a man as you are. God made me, and I don't have to stand back from nobody. Matter of fact, I'm just as intelligent, and in some cases, even more so intelligent than you, you know, and and that's what we've, you know, we've got to do. We come from an intelligent uh, race of people. So I may not like the laws of the land, but I'm intelligent enough to where I can learn them. And if I get my black people to stand up and, and do the right thing, maybe I can run. And if I run, maybe I can, you know, go against the system and try and change some of it. But we've got to take our rightful place in our own community first. And, again, I keep throwing this at my brother, you know, because he knows the Bible. He knows the word. I've heard it. Uh, but, you know, whenever you start, uh, um, you know, doing things that it talks about how charity begins at home, you know, we, we've got to start at home and then spread this thing out. So I can go back and try to get my portions of the reparations and all of that, you know, if it comes, great. But if it don't come, guess what? I am going to uh, empower my children and empower myself by investing in uh, information that can teach me accurately about who I am. And as I go out, you know, I can live my blackness. But in living my blackness, I don't have to hate you. I love me enough to where I don't even have to challenge you. I know who I am. I don't have to prove it to you. I'd rather live it than talk about it. So, you know, I respect what this brother has said, and I respect what all you guys have said, man. It's just, uh, you know, it's just awesome information. And there's so many biblical stories, um, you know, in there where, you know, uh, so much racism and prejudice and hatred and discrimination took place um, in the Bible. The story of Moses and his sister, uh, you know, they got there's some people that got upset because of uh, the color of Zipporah's skin, you know, let's just leave it like that. You know, but, you know, again, if we don't know our history, then we're going to embrace the history that we're taught. And I'm not going to say that that's not true. It's just not totally accurate. It's just not. And uh, so it's time, man. It's time for us to stand up and take our rightful place inside of our our homes with our children, you know, when our children decide to go with the blonde hair, stand up and say, why would you want to do that? Why do you want to change perfection? Why do you want to do this? You know, there's conversations that go on about tattoos. There's conversations that goes on about earrings. There's conversations that goes on about so many different things, you know. Is it okay? Is it this? Is it that? You know, my thing with my kids is, you know, why do you want it? You tell me why you want it. And tell me the truth about it. If it's to impress somebody, 
you're not getting it. If it's to uh, uh, be like somebody, you're not getting it. Tell me why you got it. Give me the history of it. Then we'll consider it. And so I think that, you know, doing some things like that um, instills pride, you know, on the inside of us. And, man, I, you know, I, I'm, ready, I'm ready for definitely my folk to stand up and say, look, man, this is, this is who I am, and you can accept it or reject it, but this is who I am. I, I don't have to change. I'm proud of who I am. I'm glad I got the lips I got. I'm glad I got, you know, I like all this. I'm good with this. This is who God made me, and I ain't changing it. Well, you know, it's funny because I, I we were talking about this some time ago about all the things, you know, all the attributes that, that, that black Americans uh created and and invented. And back in those times, they weren't patented by us because it was illegal for us to get a patent. So, of course, white man patented and white man got the credit for it. And we sat down and we was talking about slavery. We was talking about how slavery actually interrupted our history. Because we did uh, we did so much before slavery, and we are still still making major moves. We're coming back from you know the pause button has been released, and we're we're back in action. But Barack, when he won the presidency, if nothing else, he taught our kids that, that they can be anything, including president. He may not have done anything solely for the black community, but he inspired our kids that they can be anything, that they are great, regardless of what, you know, society may say. We had a black president that you saw in your lifetime. There's a lot of our ancestors who never witnessed that, who never even thought that that was possible. But we've that's one thing that we've accomplished. Now, granted, he was technically the seventh, but that's a whole nother conversation. But the, my point is we have always been great. We've just let people turn down our shine for, to make them comfortable or because we didn't know, but we're great. So, we got to have those conversations. We got to let them know. And my son will not be dying his hair blonde, and he will not be damn putting curlers in his hair. I have one son who, who, who mom put earrings in his ear, with holes in his ear. He know you will not be wearing that shit here with me. You're a boy. There's only one woman in this house, and she's the only one allowed to touch earrings. Hello. <laughs> yes, sir. We're still with you. <laughs> okay, cause y'all, boy, y'all got, y'all got mad, y'all got quiet like y'all was, uh, like y'all was in trouble. <laughs> so I had to, ch- had to check. Nah, I'm, nah, man, I was eating some chitlins, <clears throat> watermelon, and 
You know, I was doing good. Now I'm messing with y'all, man. Oh, oh you've you, you embraced that black too much. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know what? Um, you know, in the middle of a serious conversation, you know, we got we got we got we got to laugh sometimes. We got to, you know, sometimes you got to laugh instead of crying. You know, and um, these are hard conversations. These are, you know, issues that may not be resolved you know, may not be resolved in our lifetime. But the good thing about it is, you know, you know, if you look at the definition of a generation, it's changed. You know, and it it depends on, you know, who you're talking about. For the generation of a woman is about every fourteen years or so. Generation of a man is a little less than that. So in other words, men are going out there and procreating and, and putting the next generation out there real quick. So maybe it won't take as long as, um, you know, it has to, but we just got to, everybody has to make up their mind. You know, I don't have to change the world. I just have to change my world. I don't have to change uh-huh. your house. I just have to change my house. And if all of us would take on that mentality, then, you know what, um, change would come a whole lot sooner. You know, I don't have to wait on uh-huh. a black president. I don't have to wait on a million man march. I don't have to wait on, you know, another I have a dream speech. I don't even have to wait to Sunday morning church. All that should really enhance what I already know. But at the same time, I do have to take my rightful place. And if my children are seeing uh, me emulate, uh, you know, all these things that I'm speaking against, things will never change. Things will never change, you know. So we've got a lot of work to do, and, um, you know, I choose to do it privately with my family. But then, as you said earlier, if I see another brother that's um, that's down or out, I need to inform them also. But likewise, if I see one of my white brothers down and out, I'm not going to kick him, but I'm going to educate him too if he want to learn. If he don't want to learn... That's another story, but if he want to learn, I want to let him know, look, you don't know what you're doing. You you know, I know you think because you heard some black guys say the N-word, you can say it, but, you know, you don't know what this means. Let me, let me help you with this word. Let me help you with this word, you know. And so, you know, we, we, we have a responsibility because some folk, not all of them, they're, you know, white folk, I'll say, are saying and doing things out of ignorance. Some of them are doing it out of hatred and fear, but some of them are doing it out of ignorance. They're trying to be black without knowing what black is. And then some of them are just afraid because you get all that black together and you got yourself something. So, you know, um, it's a lot, man, but I've I've really, um, as usual, really been enlightened with all this, you know, all the comments and, um, about this issue. Well, man, we've accomplished our feet. As long as, as long as one gets something out of it to to spark and engage conversations with others, I think we'll be on our way. And like you said, you know, we take it and and run with it and go in every direction possible. Yeah. With black or white or Hispanic or Asian or what have you, take that opportunity to teach. Seize that moment to teach.
that's the direction yes, I'm trying to go. And then, yes, and, and that way, it would be, it would be our, it would be a level playing field. It will say, wait, the black lives is just as valuable as the white lives, and white lives is just the black value of the black and everybody else. It would be across the board, but because no one is is willing to step up and have that conversation. It's like, okay, well, if they cool with it, I'm cool with it. Well, tonight was a really good, you know, start or continuation or, you know, I don't know what other folk have done. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure certain we're not the first ones to discuss this, but it was a good, you know, for the for the ones that were listening. It may have been five people, it may have been 500 or 5,000, but you know what, if it sparked interest in one mind, um, definitely it was time well spent. Well, this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna I'm going to go on a limb and say this. And I don't really go out on too many limbs. I ain't as light as I used to be, and my cousin's not under them to help me now. <laughs> but I'm gonna say this. I know that we are able to push much further. But all we have to do is is promote it. This specific, this particular podcast will be on every streaming site by Close of Business Thursday. And that's iTunes, Podcast, uh, Breaker, Android, every place. I think the more people have access to it, the more awareness will come, and the more ch- and the more change will come, and maybe even the faster change will come. So we we have to. Um, I'm I'm just I'm just going with the flow, going however the direction God's sending me, but uh, we have to we have to bring awareness. Period, and it's not a it's not a smear campaign. It's not an anti, you know, white or hate campaign. We ain't even on that. We are strictly about loving and embracing everybody. Can, can I add something to what you just said? You know, we're not we're not about um, trying to get you guys or anybody to agree with us. We're you know all of us. We're here. We're still learning. We're simply giving our opinions. We're simply having conversation. You know, if anything, we're bringing the issues to the table. And, you know, so it's not about coming to an agreement with what we're saying. We're not saying we have the magic pill. We're saying we love you enough to say we'll have these tough conversations. And at the end of the day, you know, whether we agree or not, you know, I can still say I love you and I respect what you had to say. So please, I encourage everybody to continue dialing in, calling in, logging in, whatever you, you know, got to do and listen to this and then then take this and, you know, implement it where you live, you know. Uh, take it to another level. It's not about us. It's about, you know, what God wants us to do. And so I just wanted to make sure you, you guys understand this is not a, uh, some kind of thing where you're going to agree with us or we're going to cut you off. That's not how this thing works. We 
you know, we just, we love each other. We love life. We love God. And we just want to see things done the right way. And there's times on here where we get quite upset, you know, to the point to where it steps on each other's toes or whatever, whatever. But it is what it is, you know. Again, at the end of the day, um, I'm going to get off here and say I learned something. So I encourage everybody, man, please continue to call in and, and uh, grab some of this stuff. And you don't have to say, you know, I got this from, you know, Streets to the Pulpit. You can, however you want to introduce it to someone, you know, do what you got to do. But, man, let's spread these words. I could have said it better myself. And I'm not going to charge you. So I guess from that, 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 that ended. <laughs> uh, so this is what we got to do. Why? Is your heart and mind clear? Yes. Because is your heart and mind clear? Definitely so, my brother. Well, so is mine. Um, I just want to tell both of you, I want to tell Shay, I want to tell the brother from North Carolina, you know, I appreciate y'all time. I appreciate the input. You know, uh, I appreciate those wrinkles that y'all added to my brain because I did learn something. And when I learn something, I get excited and I like to share. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share, spread the word. And more importantly, I've learned that we're going to hug everybody because everybody's life matters. And maybe everybody will embrace the situation to promote black lives to a, a better level than they are now. Um, we are God's chosen people, and we got to love ourselves, know our, learn ourselves in order to love ourselves the way that we were supposed to. So that sums it up. Pastor, do your thing. Please. Yes, sir. Lord, again, thank you so much for um, the topic of conversation on tonight. Thank you so much for all the comments and the input. Thank you so much, God, for uh, the passion that I heard and felt on the line tonight. It was it was something to not only hear it but to feel it. You know, folk are genuinely concerned about our race of people. Um, people have been hurt, mistreated, and it's it, it still exists, but God, you know, we still believe, the ones that remain on this line still believe that you're going to have a hand in turning this thing around. We play a major role in it. We've got, uh, you know, our part in it, but we know that you're still God. And I know, God, that we had one brother that said he walked away from the church. He's been hurt, and we respect that. We understand that. But at the same time, you know what? Because you're God. You don't have to be in the church for you to continue to minister to him. I pray, God, that all of us can take our rightful place and tell folk what love is really about and really educate the folk that need to be educated, beginning with our people but continuing with all people. So thank you so much. And, again, thank you for this forum. Thank you for these topics. They make your skin crawl sometimes, God, because they're tough to deal with. But that's why you established this ministry 
to help us to deal with things that have been covered up for far too long. So thank you so much, and I pray that the love and the passion and the compassion will continue to uh, stand up strong on this line. Please keep this ministry going forward, keep this couple going forward, and, Lord, help us to reach out. And if we only help one, it was definitely worthwhile. Thank you so much, God. It is in Jesus' name that I do pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for your time. This concludes from the streets to the pulpit. We will resume Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good night, family. Be well. Keep God first and love each other. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.